Al Jazeera podcast. He's known by many monikers. El Loco, the crazy. The wig, the lion. He's a man who employs a medium to talk with his five clone dogs. Argentina's fate hinges on these very canines as Javier Mille, the psychic dead dog communicator, emerges as the biggest winner. Someone who waves a chainsaw through the air at political rallies. And he won Argentina's election by a landslide. This is a huge roll of the dice by Argentine voters, and not just by a few Argentine voters. This candidate won by 11 percentage points. Argentina's new president, Javier Millet, is known for many things. But the most important to many Argentinians is his plan to move the country's economy all the way to the right. Argentina is on the brink of radical economic change. So now that he's taken office, what more do we need to know about Argentina's first libertarian president? And how will his decisions affect one of the largest economies in Latin America? and the people who depend on it. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Millet was inaugurated on Sunday, and he addressed the nation as president for the first time. God bless the Argentines, and may the forces of heaven accompany us in this challenge. Thank you very much. It will be difficult, but we will achieve it. Long live freedom, damn it! So we spoke to our reporter, who's been covering it. My name is Teresa Bo. I'm a correspondent for Al Jazeera English in Argentina. I'm based in Buenos Aires. So... There is so much to talk about when it comes to Javier Millet. He was inaugurated president of Argentina yesterday, December 10th, and is now spending his first days at the presidential mansion in Buenos Aires. Who is he? From what I gather, he is quite eclectic. What can you tell us? Well, he he's an eccentric character. He has wild hair and likes to sing and has a very strong media presence. He's an economist and grew up in a middle-class family in Buenos Aires and has, you know, he always says that he survived one after the other, the economic chaos in Argentina. Millions in Argentina struggling to make ends meet as the country's annual inflation rate has skyrocketed. Argentina has been in economic difficulty for years and many people now live in poverty. So, in a way, because of the economic situation in the country right now, many people started looking up to him, to many of the solutions that he was proposing, which are radical solutions. It is dollarizing the economy. The currency is the peso, but people are always looking up to the dollar because it provides stability in a country with very high inflation. He has also spoken about dynamiting the central bank Mm. because The central bank prints money and it generates inflation. And so he has very, very uh, radical proposals for the country. It's not clear yet whether he'll be able to implement many of those, mostly because it would be highly volatile, even though many voted for him to do this. Many others are afraid of what this could bring about. He's starting 
with very immediate measures, which is what we're expecting he will do this week in Argentina. Well, for his base, his proposed economic policies are what got him elected. For his detractors, they seem a little bit extreme. So let's delve into those economic ideas a little bit more. He's called himself Argentina's first anarcho-capitalist. What is he actually proposing? Well, he is a libertarian. He believes that the state should not be involved in the economy. He believes, you know, the markets should rule it all. In the liberalist view, this conflict is easy to resolve through economic freedom and private property. This is a natural mechanism to resolve this tension in a society. But the socialists don't much like the invisible hand. They prefer the claws of the state. And in a country like Argentina, where the state has a very strong presence in people's lives through, you know, public education and healthcare and, and many other public services that the state provides, but also with a very strong presence in businesses. So what he's proposing is that the state should be eliminated from many of these things. The most radical measures that he's proposed is shutting down the central bank because it's printing money and that generates inflation and also dollarizing the economy. It's unclear yet whether he would be able to do something like this, mostly because Argentina's central bank right now is in the red. It has no money. And to be able to dollarize the economy, you will need to have loads of that money. So for now, what we know he's going to do is implement austerity measures. There's going to be harsh cuts on uh, government spending. This is huge in a country like Argentina. In fact, the International Monetary Fund has expressed their concerns about governability. Many believe that, you know, thousands of people and those who oppose Millet could end up taking to the streets and this is something that could end up in violence. So, of course, there's concerns about the impact that the policies will have on the streets, mostly because around 55% of the population voted for Millet, but many others did not. So, Teresa, we'll dig a little bit more into policies that he's put forward, but I think some of our listeners will be here for those important details, and other listeners will be here because they've heard so much about his clone dog, <laughs> his chainsaw that he brings out. What should we know about him? Well, you know, during the campaign, many of those who did not vote for him and many of the journalists were concerned about his mental health. He seems to be unstable in many cases. He cries in public or when someone criticizes him. His biographer told me, for example, that he had a beloved dog whose name was Conan, who died in 2017. And he cloned this dog. So now he has these dogs that, you know, he says they're his children. But one of the concerns his biographer was able to find out is that Millet spoke to a medium and that his dead dog um, advises him on what he needs to do. Mm. And he also believes that God destined him to be Argentina's president. And it's not a rumor, and it's something that he has not denied bluntly. And what I do have to say is that since he was elected, he's showing a much more moderate approach, not only towards Argentina's economy, but also towards not showing the chainsaw 
because the chainsaw represented is cutting down public spending. So for many, it was very violent. I was in one of those campaign rallies that he carried out with a chainsaw. He brought it out and we're like kind of shocked. It, 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 it could be perceived as a, as a violent way of, you know, cutting down government spending means reducing pensions. It means stop sending money to probably hospitals and schools. So we're going to have to see what, you know, he is able to do, what the population will tolerate, how much the population will tolerate of what his plans are for Argentina. But it's certainly not going to be easy. You know, it's striking that you said some believe he might be moderating a bit because he doesn't bring out the chainsaw anymore. <laughs> so what do his voters think of this? Most of the people that have voted for him, that I have spoken to, say that they're not giving Millet a blank check. But I'm tired of leaving with an average inflation rate a month between 10 and 12 percent. I'm tired of not being able to save any money. I'm tired of not being able to pay rent or I cannot buy a house. So I think most of the focus on this election was on the economy. Argentina is going to have an inflation rate in the past year of over 140 or 150 percent. And Millet has already said that the measures he's going to take are probably to increase inflation even further. And this is obviously going to have an impact on prices. You know, the economic situation in Argentina is so chaotic that just the promise of stability is what has driven people to Millet. What does this economic situation look like in practice? When you go to the grocery store, how much are milk, eggs, soap? Well, over the weekend, I went to, to the supermarket and it was packed with people and they were just buying food and other items because they're just concerned that Millet's measures that are going to be announced today, Monday, it is expected that Javier Millet could devaluate the currency. So we've been seeing price increases in the past weeks of 20, 30 percent, and many fear that this could get even worse in the days ahead. And then there's the poverty rates, Malika. It's uh, 40 percent of people in Argentina live in poverty. So it's an extremely difficult uh, and tense social situation in the country. And they live in these conditions with government assistance. Argentina has lots of welfare programs, and many of those people ended up voting for Javier Milei. And it's very likely that they're going to be the first ones to lose. But still, you know, they're tired of this constant poverty, uncertainty, instability, inflation, not having a future. And that's why Milei was able to reach to those places where it was almost, it would be impossible for him to win in those places, and he did. After the break, what Millet's policies mean for half of Argentina's population and the rest of the world. Welcome to Necessary Tomorrows. My name is Ursula. I am an AI. And I have inferred from your online activity that you have been feeling more dread than hope when you think about the future that is coming for us here in the 2060s. So I have created a course just for you to enhance your capacity for imagining different futures. Your class starts January 8th. Necessary Tomorrows, an audio series by Doha Debates and Al Jazeera. Find it where you listen to podcasts. So, Teresa, let's talk about some of his other policies. Where is he on social issues? 
He's a conservative. He opposes abortion. Argentina legalized abortion a few years ago. It was a big move by women rights groups in the country. They took to the streets. And it was very, very difficult to pass this law. Let's not forget that Pope Francis is from Argentina. Mm. And he was very much involved in the campaign for Argentina not to legalize abortion. So it was a huge success for women rights groups uh, in the country. But now Millet says that he wants to call for a referendum in order to remove this law or, or to make abortion illegal in the country. Women rights groups are extremely concerned. He is not only proposing to ban abortion, but he also is against sexual education in schools. So many of the measures that he's proposing is just literally taking Argentina back many years. Argentina is a very progressive country. It legalized same-sex marriage, abortion. You know, it's like women rights groups have a very strong presence on the streets and in Congress. And, and of course, having a character such as Millet is perceived as a threat. And now what we have is uncertainty. And it all comes back to Millet, the wild card. He's a man that has spoken to, for example, about making it legal to buy and sell organs. Mm. This is something he spoke about a few years ago. Now he denies he said, but the recordings and the writings are there. So, you know, he's very ambiguous in many of the proposals he has. And the other interesting thing is that he does not believe in the human role in increasing, you know, world global warming, for example. So, Teresa, before his turn into politics, Millet was known as a TV pundit who used a lot of expletives and grabbed a lot of headlines. What are TV pundits saying right now about whether or not he can actually implement any of these changes he's been proposing? Well, there's lots of questioning now among journalists, especially on television, about whether they should have given him the space to do the things he actually do. He was just very eccentric and very vital on television with the wild hair. And then he was singing and saying things and talking about sex and all these things that made him attractive, especially for young people, you know, who are just tired of looking at politicians who have failed them over and over again and are unable to get the economy right. So Millet came, you know, a personality. And, and that's where he got most of his votes. But I think that there is some serious questioning among serious journalists about how to treat a character such as Millet, you know, that harsher questions should have been asked. But at the same time, there is the reality. The reality is that the political class in Argentina from all parties, many feel has failed the population. And it's been for years. It's not just something that happened for a few months. For the past 20 years, people have been struggling. And the big question now is whether, not only whether he'll be able to deliver, but is at what cost? Yeah. I mean, that, that's the big question now. You're reporting on this story, as any good journalist would, and any journalist of your caliber, but you're also Argentinian. So this is personal, right? How are you feeling personally, reporting on this and also living through this? Personally, if you ask me, I am angry. I'm a very proud Argentinian when, because economically it's a country that has failed. 
but at the same time, is it a country that provides for its citizens? Argentina has some of the best universities in Latin America, and they're free. Public education, public health care, anyone who comes from all around the world can get treatment in hospitals. The hospitals are failing right now, and the healthcare system is not good enough, but it's free. You know, and, and there's so many things that are valuable, that are slowly collapsing, and that have been destroyed in the past few years. And, and these are just some of the examples that have allowed characters like Javier Milei to make it to power. Of course, I would love to see a moderate person who has a 40-year plan on how to save Argentina's economy. And, and unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be a case. I think, I truly believe that the years ahead are going to be extremely difficult for the Argentinian population. And I do hope that the president will succeed, you know, because this would mean, you know, that, that the country will do well. But I think that the process is going to be extremely difficult. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Amy Walters and Faranisa Campana, with Chloe K. Lee, David Enders, Khaled Sultan, Miranda Lynn, Nagin Oliayi, Sonia Bagat, Sariel Khalili, Zaina Bezer, Ashish Malhotra, and me, Malika Bilal. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan. Alexandra Locke is our executive producer, and Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back. <laughs> 